0: The Twenty-Third Day of the Month Live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. For God has graciously granted you the privilege of suffering for Him. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interest, but to the interest of others. Philippians 1, verses 27-29 and verse 3. The eighth beatitude, happy those who are persecuted in the cause of right, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Any dummy can be obnoxious enough to elicit persecution. It takes neither talent nor concentration. But to call forth persecution in the cause of right, that is quite another matter. Our capacity for self-deception is enormous. Thus, we can convince ourselves we are both working for the right cause and working at it in the right way, when in truth we are engaging in self-serving actions that detract from the causes we think we promote. It is possible to stand in the way of what is right, even when we are intending to walk in right paths. Therefore, our urgent need is to see ourselves as our critics see us. When we are derided for the causes we espouse, it is well to ask— Is the object of derision the cause I support, or my imperfect way of expressing that cause? When I feel constrained to criticize others, am I criticizing their causes and viewpoints, or them personally? Do I feel a sense of deep sadness within when I must stand against others, or do I feel a secret sense of glee or of superiority? Do I want to see those who criticize me persuaded and transformed or defeated and punished? How can I better be faithful to what I believe and at the same time be tender and compassionate in my manner and open to new understandings within myself? In the kingdom of heaven, the impurities of wrong motives for right actions cannot exist. They are refined away by the fire of divine goodness. Opening prayer. Remember, O Lord, all who are unjustly accused or wrongfully treated because they stand for what is right. To such persons give the comfort of your presence now and the assurance that they shall share in your triumph over all evil at the coming of your kingdom. Grant us also to stand for what is right and to do this always with pure intention and wise action that the causes we support may commend themselves to the world without distractions we create, through Jesus, who, without thought for himself, called forth the ultimate persecution and achieved the final victory. Amen. Psalm 9, verses 1 through 14. I'm thanking you, God, from a full heart. I'm writing the book on your wonders. I'm whistling, laughing, and jumping for joy. I'm singing your song, High God. The day my enemies turned tail and ran, they stumbled on you and fell on their faces. You took over and set everything right. When I needed you, you were there, taking charge. You blow the whistle on godless nations. You throw dirty players out of the game, wipe their names right off the roster. Enemies disappear from the sidelines, their reputation trashed, their names erased from the halls of fame. God holds the high center. He sees and sets the world's mess right. He decides what is right for earthlings, gives people their just deserts. God's a safe house for the battered, a sanctuary during bad times. The moment you arrive, you relax. You're never sorry you knocked. Sing your songs to Zion, dwelling God. Tell his stories to everyone you meet. How he tracks down killers, yet keeps his eye on us, registers every whimper and moan. Be kind to me, God. I've been kicked around long enough. Once you've pulled me back from the gates of death, I'll write the book on hallelujahs, on the corner of Main and 1st. I'll hold a street meeting. I'll be the strong leader. We'll fill the air with salvation songs. From the book of Baruch chapter 4, verses 21-29. through Take courage, my children, and cry out to God for help. He will rescue you from oppression, from the power of your enemies. I am confident that the eternal God will soon set you free. The Holy One, your eternal Savior, will make me happy when He shows you mercy. I cried and wailed when you were taken away, but God will bring you back and make me happy forever. Just as the neighboring cities watched as you were taken captive so they will soon see the eternal God coming in glorious splendor to rescue you. My children, endure God's punishment with patience. Your enemies have persecuted you, but you will soon see them destroyed and at your mercy. My children, I spoiled you with love, but you have had to follow rugged paths. You were carried off like sheep caught in the enemy raid. Take courage, my children, and cry out to God for help. He punished you, but he will not forget you. Just as you were once determined to turn away from God, now turn back and serve Him with ten times more determination. The One who brought these calamities upon you will rescue you and bring you everlasting joy. From the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 31, verses 10 through 14. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare in the coastlands afar off, And say, He who has scattered Israel will gather him and keep him as a shepherd keeps his flock. For the Lord has ransomed Jacob and redeemed him from the hand of him who is stronger than he. They will come and shout for joy on the height of Zion, and they will be radiant over the bounty of the Lord, over the grain and the new wine and the oil, and over the young of the flock and the herd, and their life will be like a watered garden, and they will never languish again. Then the virgin will rejoice in the dance, and the young men and the old together For I will turn their mourning into joy, and I will comfort them and give them joy for their sorrow. I will fill the soul of the priest with abundance, and my people will be satisfied with my goodness, declares the Lord. From Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 3, verses 15 through 22. Brethren, I speak in terms of human relations, even though it is only a man's covenant. Yet when it has been ratified, no one sets it aside or adds conditions to it. Now, the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. He does not say, and to seeds, as referring to many, but rather to one, and to your seed, that is, Christ. What I'm saying is this. The law, which came 430 years later, does not invalidate a covenant previously ratified by God so as to nullify the promise. For if the inheritance is based on law, it is no longer based on a promise, but God has granted it to Abraham by means of a promise. Why the law then? It was added because of transgressions, having been ordained through angels by the agency of a mediator until the seed would come to whom the promise had been made. Now a mediator is not for one party only, whereas God is only one. Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? May it never be. For if a law has been given which is able to part life, then righteousness would indeed have been based on law. But the scripture has shut up everyone under sin, so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. From the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 67 through 80. And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited us and accomplished redemption for his people, and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of David his servant, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy toward our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to Abraham our father, to grant us that we, being rescued from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give to his people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, with which the sunrise from on high will visit us, to shine upon those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child continued to grow, to become strong in spirit, and he lived in the deserts until the day of his public appearance to Israel. These are the words of God, for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Friday's Prayer On this day, Lord Jesus, the flesh which you took upon yourself for us and for our salvation was hanged by us upon the cross. There you suffered all things and died that we might have life and have it in the abundance of your astounding grace. Blessed are you, Lord Jesus, with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, throughout time and all eternity. Amen. A Prayer in the Struggle for Truth by Janet Morley God, whose name defies definition but whose will is known in freeing the oppressed. Make us to be one with all who cry for justice, that we may speak your praise, may struggle for your truth, through Jesus Christ. Amen. The Lord's Prayer, traditional text. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Receive this benediction for the fourth week of Advent. Be people of love. Let love live in your heart and share the love of Christ with all you meet. Share love by loving those you see regularly. Start by loving your community. Share love by loving those you do not know. How do your actions affect the rest of God's creation? Share love by praying for our world. In this Advent season, we need to see, feel, and share love. As you go out into the wonder of God's creations, share love, joy, joy peace and hope with those you meet. Amen.